Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That, the podcast where we discuss films we think are underrated, underappreciated, or we just really thought deserved a mention. I'm Alice Oliver and with me as always is Josh Hallam. Hello. So we'll get straight to it this week. It was Josh's turn to pick. He picked Ned Kelly from 2003. Let's get to it. So, Josh, you picked this week's film, Ned Kelly, from 2003. Uh, so, spoiler warnings for that if you haven't seen it. So, what is it about and why did you pick it? Yeah, so it's it's about the, it's about a real... If you don't know, Ned Kelly was a real person. He was a sort of like a... I guess the like, a, like an Australian outlaw Robin Hood type figure. There's a lot of legend around him as a person about how he you know, sort of stuck it to the English and all that sort of thing, which is um, which is quite interesting, which we'll come on to. Um, the plot of the film essentially sort of covers his life and his infamy and ultimately his downfall. Um, stars Heath Ledger, has got Orlando Bloom in it, Naomi Watts, Jeffrey Rush, amongst others. Um, I picked this one because mainly because I think it's underseen. So I watched this when it first came out on, on DVD, I think. Um, and, I, and I remember really enjoying it. I remember finding it quite emotive, quite powerful, especially towards the end. Whenever I've spoken to people about it, when, for example, films by, say, Heath Ledger come up, because unfortunately, due to what happened, there isn't actually that many, is there, um, in the grand scheme of things. So I, I, a lot of people I've recommended to haven't heard it. So I, I went on Box Office Mojo, and, it, and according to this, it made around $6.5 million worldwide. I'm unsure of the budget, but I don't think it's a particularly high budget. I did also have a little look at the critical reception and thought it might be slightly underrated, um, which, was, which was interesting going into watching it with that point of view. And I also picked it because I, I really like Heath Ledger, um, and I, haven't done a, we, I don't think we've done a film with him in it yet. I also hadn't watched it for about 10 years, so I sort of I basically wanted to go in and see how it held up. But ultimately, I'd probably say the main reason is underseen. Okay, interesting, interesting. So was this then the second time that you'd seen it? Or when you first seen it sort of 10 years ago, had you watched it a few times? I think I think I probably watched it more than once, but not loads. So I'd probably say this might be like my maybe like third or fourth time watching it, but I can't really remember, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I've not watched it loads. Mm. 
So I've got a, a kind of interesting relationship with this film. So a couple of years ago, when I kind of first heard about who Ned Kelly was, he was on a, a YouTube channel called Extra History. Um, I thought he just sounded, you know, very, very interesting uh, as a man. Um, so we kind of delved into it from then. But I got about 20 minutes in and I actually turned it off uh, because I felt really bored. And some of the slightly dodgy Irish accents <laughs> I find were putting me off a bit. So when you when you said that we were going to do this one, I was like, okay, great. You know, this is going to force me to actually mm. watch it all the way through and to watch it properly. And, you know, I can't just switch it off just because I feel bored or whatever. And you know what? I actually really, really enjoyed it. Sort of watching it in a different way. When you watch films in a different way, like when we watch films for this podcast, it does it tends to heighten your appreciation for something, I think, mm. because you do start thinking of it in a more critical and in a more technical way. Um, but I did really enjoy it. Like you've already touched on, seeing Heath Ledger, and obviously because of the, the tragedy that happened to him, there is something quite magical about seeing mm. him. And mm. he's very charming. He's obviously very handsome. And he's just got this, this way about him that means you just enjoy seeing him. He's so watchable. And obviously, he's so watchable, Oh, isn't absolutely. He? And seeing you know, this just kind of adds to sort of his range, if you like, as well. So he's gone from things like 10 Things I Hate About You, Ned Kelly, to then something like The Joker. Mm. And it just adds another layer to him. And it was just great to get to see more of him. Um, but yeah, the cast in general was really impressive. Or Orlando Bloom, so yeah, very yeah. young. Emily Browning was in there as very, well. Very, very young, isn't she? But yeah, yeah. she was in it. Uh, Joel Edgerton, Jeffrey Rush. Yep. Um, oh, there's, like you said, there's loads. There's loads. Kerry Condon plays one of the sisters. Um, there's, there's, it's a great cast because it's an Australian film, right? It's mm -hmm. not a. It's not, I don't think it's a Hollywood film. No, I think no, it's, I I think mean, it's I an Australian, get, yeah. an Australian film. But uh, yeah, it's interesting you say that because we always go into the, we always go into every film with the point of view of we're always going to try and find something good something bad or not necessarily bad you know things we liked things we didn't like you always try and be as balanced and i suppose we do try and be as kind as we can even to films we we, we haven't particularly enjoyed see um speed 2 <laughs> and, and not on all dogs go to heaven um, yeah <laughs> or um, oh there's loads there's loads but um so so i'm really glad to hear that because when you when i picked it you were a bit like oh yeah and he didn't you didn't say that about we switched it off but there was like a, oh i've heard of ned kelly the sort of yeah. that's what you said to me <laughs> so you did enjoy it then i did enjoy it i thought it was it was like very adventurous um obviously ned kelly as a character is very interesting so he's he is the hero of the story whilst being a villain and whilst being a criminal and that's always quite fun to watch especially because he is so likable and i think part of the law of ned kelly is that he was quite likable and he was quite charming to mm. the people he met and he sort of had people rooting for him because he was like you know like you said before sticking it to the british and just mm. kind of like you know throwing off the shackles of the man and all this so you are kind of rooting for him for that um and then away from the story i thought visually it was really interesting obviously you've got these sort of huge like sprawling landscapes and um, i assumed it was filmed in Australia. I think so. I think so. But you say, yeah. like, like you say, there's some really, you see a lot of different sides of Australia or the landscape in it. I mean, I've never, I've never been, but you see the vast, empty, sort of sparse desert and you get a really good feel. So, so when the, there's a scene where they're sort of, they're sort of stranded in a desert, aren't they? Or, or on the edge of a desert. And, um, 
it's quite a gruesome scene where, again, they have to, I think they have to eat one of their horses, don't they? Because they're sort of starving. Mm -hmm. And you get this really sparse landscape and and it really uh, sort of correlates with with the hopeless feeling. That the characters are feeling, but then at the at the start, everything you know, there's a bit where they're in like a more muddy bit, and you re- you really feel it. It's really sort of visceral the the feeling of the mud and the way it looks, and 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 I think if you combine that with a really interesting use of music as well, because I think it starts with some gentle piano music, and then you've got more epic sounding music, and then you've got like Irish folk music in there as well. I think there's a really good mix, and it really does it paints a really good picture. I think. Oh, yes, certainly lots going on with the music as well. That was something that I did make note of, just like a a great array of of different kind of emotive music going on and from different sources as well, because, you know, sometimes they'd be in a bar and, you know, sometimes people would be dancing and, you know, sometimes it was diegetic, sometimes it was non-diegetic. So it was a really nice mix. It was really interesting to see what, you know, I assume Australia was like at that time because we don't get given a lot of that. Like I've already mentioned previously that I'm very interested in kind of the colonization of America and everything that happened there. And there are quite a lot of films and television shows that show that. And there isn't as much that I'm aware of that depicts the same thing that went on in Australia. So it was just, it was interesting to see Mm. that and to get to experience these characters. And... A lot of the film was quite normal. Like a lot of the scenarios were quite normal. Like a lot of the time it would just be sort of family members squabbling or just some lads down the bar having a drink, just kind of, you know, spliced in with this, with these crimes that were going on. But then the crimes also felt very normal, like Mm. just going into a bank and just kind of being like, right, I'm robbing you now. So let's, let's not make a big deal out of it. Like, it all just felt so ordinary, but yeah. it was captivating in the same way. And I think a lot of that did come down to the performances. Yeah, well, let's get on to that, because I think it's... I mean, we've already mentioned it's got a great cast. I think there's some really good performances in there. You know, we'll come on to the, the accents later, but we've already mentioned it there. Heath Ledger's gives a really good central leading performance. I think, like we've already said, he's very watchable, he's very charismatic, but I think he's always... He's quite good at portraying different aspects of Ned Kelly from... The way he can be sort of quite stoic and wily and fearless to then also being a a moralistic man on a mission, a leader, a leader of a, a group of sort of younger guys. I mean, it's not, I don't think, I think one of the things I do like about the film, and it comes from the script as well as the performances, is that it's not absolutely saying that Ned Kelly was a an, a perfect man. You know, he, he is, regardless of how you feel about it, you know, there's good and bad in what he did. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he does just kill people whether it's sort of by accident or mistake and it's not holding him up as this like this this sort of morally pure hero so to speak it, it, mm-hmm. it's very much a man who's trying to get something done and, and clear his name but no i really i really enjoyed Heath Ledger's performance i mean i i mean he was a, he was a fantastic actor i mean i think we only we only really scratched the surface of what he could have, have gone on and done because obviously unfortunately he passed away before he was even 30 um, so yeah, I mean, what about you? What about you? What do you think of all the performances as well as Heath Ledger's? Yeah, no, really, really enjoyed them and just quite understated, like not too melodramatic, even though because of the sort of location and the setting and the time period, you would associate that with kind of melodrama and this sort of over the top acting. Uh, but it, it wasn't really like that. Um, I thought Orlando Bloom was really good. Mm. Sort of, he was quite charming and sort of haphazard in his own way. Um, who was it? Naomi Watts, who was the woman who he, he um, 
yeah, sort I think of she's within Ju- the stable. Julia, she called Julia. Or... Yeah, yeah. So she she was quite good as well. Um, but the and the thing with Heath Ledger, because obviously obviously he is the standout in this, you know, as the the titular Ned Kelly. Um, but the complexity of his character, and like you said, he's not just good, but he's not just bad either. And there's this one moment where he shoots someone. I think it's one of the police officers, and he says, you know, don't, you know, don't run, and I won't shoot you. But the police officer keeps running, so he shoots him, and he's like, ah, oh, told you not to run. Mm. Like, if you didn't run, I wouldn't yeah, have shot you. Yeah, and he panics. He starts panicking because the guy's still alive. And it's a really, it's another... It doesn't shy away, this film, from showing you the tough stuff, like we said about the scene with the horse, but there's that scene as well where that that police officer is sort of bleeding out and he's just saying, he keeps saying things like, I've got a wife and kids, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? And he's sort of trying to stop the bleeding and then realises, well, I can't get him anywhere mm-hmm. where he's going to be, um, he's going to recover. He isn't going to recover, he is dying. So he spares him some pain and he and he ends his life with a second shot but it's difficult it's difficult to see because it's stuff like that like you know you shouldn't have run I shouldn't have shot you well you just shouldn't have shot him anyway yeah yeah like, you just shoot a police officer but, he, but, but at it, the same time he's, he panics because if that police officer gets away they're knackered and also the way that I quite like you know, the explanation of their relationship with the police because the police aren't what you think of as the police now whatever your opinion is on the police but I did a bit of reading about it and the police at that time in Australia were essentially a law unto themselves. They were just doing whatever mm-hmm. they wanted. So it wasn't like, you know, killing a police officer now, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. And the whole sort of establishing of Australia was quite messy and just very complex in itself. Yeah, and yeah. To, to a degree, it was kind of like criminals monitoring criminals. So it, the lines of morality really are blurred. Yeah. And, you know, you don't want to always be championing you know it's it is fun to champion a villain like mm. especially when it's like a really well constructed villain in a film but you know he was a criminal and he was a murderer but those police officers weren't fair to him or his family yeah and and so you do you do sit with him in it um which then in turn kind of makes the ending sort of sad yet satisfying i thought yeah i know what you mean it's a very it's a really odd one it is, but I quite like that the film almost lets you make up your mind. Like, what do you reckon? Sort of thing. It's not he's the hero and they're the villains. There is there is elements of antagonistic sort of qualities in a couple of policemen where they they lie or they're violent for no reason. But they're also they're not all you know. For example, like Jeffrey Rush's character, he's not made out to be a villain. He's a man that they bring in to do a job. And there's almost a begrudging respect between the two at the end, which which I really like. Um, I, I also, I really enjoy some elements of the script. Like, there's elements of the narration which play around with tense, which I think really help um, draw you into the story. So, you know, Ned Kelly narrates a lot of the film and he seems to be commentating on um, elements of the plot in the present tense. So he writes to Jeffrey Rush's character or he speaks about Jeffrey Rush's character who is hunting him down as if it is happening as he's saying it. But mm. then he also seems to be talking because we know he's talking from beyond the grave because, you know, you, most people who watch this know ultimately that Ned, Ned Kelly is killed. Um, when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And I, I quite enjoy that element. It gives an almost sort of... I don't know, not, not, I don't want to say something like as wanky as spiritual, but you know what I mean? It give, I think it gives a really good context to it, the fact that he's talking from beyond the grave. Um, yes, it's all, almost as if he is able to reflect on what has happened. Yeah. And he's able to speak in this more kind of rational and calm way because he doesn't, you know, come across as a very rational and calm no. man <laughs> in, in the story. So it's nice to get that from him. And I did think the narration was necessary. Yeah. And, you know, I find that narration like that, it can be so hit or miss. Like, it's like, what what is it adding? And it depends how the actor is is delivering it. Um, but in this instance, I did think it was necessary. And you're just getting some of his, you're getting some exposition in it, but then also a lot of actually what Ned Kelly, what we assume Ned Kelly would have been feeling at the time. Yeah, and it's not overly used, like you say. It's a bit of exposition and a little bit of sort of his inner monologue. Um, I think, as well, I, also, I think some of the dialogue's really great. There's a particular scene I really enjoyed where they sort of have a group of people, I think, in a bank hostage, and they're writing a letter to... I think it's a local politician or possibly to the local police. And they just, they're like going around and getting everyone to throw an insult in about the English. Yeah. And it's yeah, quite yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. It's quite, but there was also a lot of stuff about, they make, they do quite a good job of showing how a lot of local people were rooting for him. Like you say, not only did thousands of people sign a petition to save his life before he was ultimately hung, um, but they also, it like, he, he does a lot of stuff of, he puts his gun down on bars and goes, right, well, there you go. There's my gun. Like, take a pop if you want, and no one does, because I think a lot of people, like like you say, they're, they're rooting for him, in a way. Because he's not just completely lawless, is he? He's not like, if you compare him to, say, Mickey and Mallory and Natural Born Killers, yeah. like, they were completely sort of selfish, self-obsessed, we will kill anybody who gets in our way. Whereas with Ned, it is about the man, and it's about yeah. the authority. He doesn't want 
normal people. He doesn't want bystanders. He doesn't want his neighbours to kind of get caught in the crossfire. And he doesn't really want to scare people. Mm. Like when he's in the bank, he's kind of like trying to make people feel okay about it. It's like, you know, this isn't about you. We yeah. just have to do this right now. Sorry. And they make a very... Which, which is obviously because it's based on a true story. They made a very pointed effort to steal and burn mortgages and bonds. Mm. But like they didn't seem to steal, from what I can tell, personal belongings or hurt anybody. So like, mm. there's a bit where one of the younger lads nicks a, an English guy's pocket watch. And he's just like, no, give it him back. He's like, give it him back. Because if you steal that often, that's what they'll say about us. They'll say we're thieves. But they're sort of almost making a political point. Mm. Um as you just know, how did you find the ending? Because my my main memory of watching this film, because I didn't have something particularly, I was like, this is what I really liked, which I suppose is why I'd say it's underseen rather than underrated, although I do think there's probably an element of that as well. I remember the ending, the sort of last 10 minutes being really powerful and emotive, particularly sort of after the shootout is finished. How, how did you find that? Well, the the shootout and the kind of the the bar fire and the sort of chaos and and all that that it it did feel really satisfying and it was you could feel it building up to something, um and it was you know it was quite gory and it felt quite dangerous and I think you said before like it it does do a really good job of immersing you into the world and you just kind of you totally believe it and I thought that whole sequence was just it was just satisfying mm. like satisfying and dramatic and dangerous and almost kind of verging onto action film like mm. sequence yeah yeah I yeah well, there's, a, there's the bit like where um dan, dan and steve have to unfortunately they basically decide to kill themselves don't they rather than face the police that bit i remember the first time i watched it i was just i don't know i was just in bits because there's <laughs> yeah so, it's like the because realization they're so, they're so young Mm. As well, like you, you realize, or you don't realize, it's really powerful at the end when you realize he's twenty five. Mm -hmm. Like when he died, he was twenty five, and you know that's so young to have done everything he did, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But they don't, they don't linger. Another thing I like is with a lot of historical biopics, they don't, they can make the ending of the historical figure's life a little bit almost pornographic. Like if you look at something like Braveheart. They, they like make a real deal out of the way he was executed. And it's not that that's yeah. a problem. It does sort of fit in Braveheart. And I mean, you know, the fact that Braveheart did so well speaks for itself. But I quite like that in this, he does, he gets taken off to, to be executed, but you don't, you don't see it. They don't linger on it. And, and I like mm -hmm. that. I like that the, he's, you know, he's wounded. He has a sort of begrudging to and fro with Jeffrey Rush's character where he keeps a sash. And then that's it. And then they make a point of just saying, all these people asked for a, um, a pardon. He didn't get one. He was executed. He was 25. And I think that's quite powerful to be like, wow. Yeah, almost like, um, have you seen American Sniper? Yeah. Because that's an interesting one yeah. as well, isn't it? Because you don't dwell on the final act. No. You get, you see um, Bradley Cooper's character leave the house. Yeah. And then the text comes up on screen just saying, oh, he got shot. Yeah. And that in itself is, it, it's like, it's the one instance where tell don't show yeah. has much more of an impact it's, it's on weird, the audience. Isn't it? It's weird yeah. how that works, but I think it's I think it's almost a case of a director going, a historical figure's life is not their death. Mm -hmm. so, Absolutely, yeah. yeah so yeah, you know yeah. what they did is just as important. You know they're remembered for a reason. Ned Kelly is remembered mm. for a reason, not just that he was executed. 
Yeah, so, and it's like yeah. how many how many people have been executed over time? Like thousands and thousands and thousands. Like we don't need to see that again. Like it's not special. It's not special that he no. got executed. That he was like a young Australian guy who got executed in the 1800s. I'm sure that happened to many of them. Exactly. But what was extraordinary was what happened in the build up to that. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll move on now to talking about anything that maybe we disliked about the film or anything that we might change. Josh, is there anything for you? There's a, there's a couple of things, yeah. I mean, overall, I really enjoyed it, but I'd probably say it's a little slow at times. I think probably about an hour in, I got a little bored. Um, not, I think It didn't lose me, I just got a little bored. Um I think they actually underused some of the cast members. I think if you get Jeffrey Rush on board, you need to really give him more than about yeah. <laughs> five lines. Yeah. Because he doesn't have that many lines in this. Maybe he was expensive. Maybe he was paid by the line. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, he's so I, I love Jeffrey Rush. He's one of my favorite actors. He's such like a, he's oh, such really? a, yeah. I just think, I, I don't think I've ever seen him be anything less than brilliant. Like even in, <laughs> even some of the Pirates of the Caribbean films, the later ones that I didn't particularly enjoy, he's still great in them. He's still mm -hmm. so sort of magnetic. Um, and the other thing is, look, you know, we've already touched on it, but yeah, okay, some of the accents aren't great. Because mm -hmm. um, they're Irish. They're all, they're all do well, most of them are doing Irish accents because, and I was quite interested. I was like, well, is that what they would have sounded like? Because mm. there was no Australian accent of, uh, no, to speak of, of back then. Yeah. So I suppose you just sort of sound like a, a watered down version of your parents, right? Yeah, and that, that's what he said, was it his, his dad or his uncle, who he'd, you know, been raised by, mm. who he lived with, like, and he just spoke, he just spoke like they did. Mm, mm. Um, I mean, what, so what about you? Was there, was there anything, anything you particularly didn't like? S similar with some of the pacing, like you say, it, it felt a bit slow at times, and I think that that was the reason why in the first instance, when I first started watching it years ago, I switched it off. Like, I just couldn't kind of engage with it. But... Again, you need to let it off considering it's based on a true story mm. and an actual man because not every single second is going to be action-packed, no. thrilling, you know, white-knuckling down. Do you know what I mean? No. So I can absolutely forgive that. The accent thing, um, I, I did try not to let it bother me, but there were a couple of instances where Heath Ledger looked like he was concentrating so hard on maintaining the Irish accent, that he became Heath Ledger again yeah. and sort of stopped being Ned Kelly for a moment and it was like he had to think about it. Orlando Bloom didn't seem to struggle as much. Like, he 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 didn't seem to have to, like, take a beat before he spoke or whatever to remember, mm. right, need to do this, need to be need to be Irish. Um, so there was, there was a bit of that going on. Obviously, I'm just assuming, you know, I don't know if that was it or if that was, like, an acting choice of, of Heath Ledger's, but that's what I inferred from it. Uh, but, like... You know, like with any film that I have enjoyed, I did get over that towards the end. Mm. Like similar in in the heart of the sea, you know, the accents bothered me at first, but when you're if if it drags you into the story and you're in there with those characters and you're enjoying what you're seeing, you do kind of start to forgive it towards the end. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't take you out of it completely. There's just a few elements where you're like, oh, like that was yeah. that wasn't like that line. You really lost your accent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. But apart from that, there wasn't really anything. Like, it wasn't... It's not a phenomenal film. No. But it's not 
Like, it's not poorly constructed in any way. And it's such a, a fascinating story. The landscape is brilliant. So many horses. Mm. Like, so much use. And they really used, like, the horses. And there was lots of horse riding going on. So, you know, lots of kind of action-y things going on in that sense. And lots of stunts as well, yeah. uh, which I really appreciated. At what point he does shake Naomi Watts' hand straight after holding a horse's penis? He does do that. Does he? Yeah. yeah. Does he? She's, she's, he's got like a the, the horse has got like an affection, and he holds it for a while. She gets him sorted, and then literally goes, "No, Kelly," yeah. and like shakes around. It's like, "Oh, you dirty bastard!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then back in the day, I suppose because I was quite interested. You know, like the way that they they he writes the way he looks like he's writing letters and he's speaking and stuff. I was like, "Oh, well, would they have been? Would he have been as a man? Would he have been as intelligent and as eloquent as they made it out to be?" not in a, any way to cast aspersions, but, you know, you think about back in the day when there wasn't, like, a set schooling system and not everyone could read and write and, and, and that sort no, of thing. But, but I, I read a, a little bit about it, but you can you can read letters that he has written and the, he did oh, he yeah. did speak quite a lot like that. Like, his, his pattern of speech and his sort of vocabulary and stuff were, were very much like that. So I found that quite interesting. That probably added to his charm as well, didn't it? Yeah. When people met him. Yeah. Yeah, and he was, you know, I think we might discuss this off, off, off an episode, but he was quite a good-looking man. I mean, what I've seen of him, yeah, yeah, like definitely today's kind of hipster ideal, really, you, like big bushy beard, yeah, like a bit of a brute. <laughs> if you Google him and like look at what he looks like, he looks a little bit like an image on a barber's wall that like yes, people would yeah. be like, that one, that one. Yeah, that one, please. Yeah, that one. <laughs> So we'll move on now to talking about the critical reception. So I haven't seen it, but Josh is going to divulge all. But let me have a little think about what I would give it or what I perhaps thought it got. So I feel like it probably didn't do very well. I feel like maybe some of the issues with the pacing might have put people off. And I don't know how convincing, just kind of, you know, putting myself in a critic's state of mind, I don't know how convincing maybe the critics would have found the actors and the script mm. um, and the acting. So I would probably plonk it on like a six mm. and maybe just sit right there. So we'll go like 6.0 slash six. 60%. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, so you're not far off. You're sort of in the middle, really. So, so on IMDb, at the time of recording, it gets 6.5 out of 10. Oh, on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience give it 53%, and uh, mm -hmm. the critics give it 55%. So, I mean, is that fair? I'd probably say, I'd probably say personally that the, the Rotten Tomatoes is a little low. In fact, you know what? I'd just say both of them are a little, it's a little underrated, I'd say. Okay, what would you give it? Maybe slightly higher, maybe like a seven. Would um, you? Yeah, yeah, because I seven. think it's I think it's a decent. I think it's a I think it's a decent film that seems to be mm. like well acted and well written and well shot and all that. And, and you know, the fact of the matter is, is, we couldn't find that much we didn't like about it. And even the things we did find True. were sort of like, yeah. So yeah, it I, didn't affect us too much, did it? Yeah. Well, what do you think? I so those scores kind of feel like suitable mm. for me and I kind of maybe thought that the critics would have gone a little bit lower oh really um well yeah because you know we given some of the previous yeah. scores that because we've, it's not we've because, it, because because it's not gladiator 
It's like, not gladiator, yeah, mate. It's, it's not, not Braveheart. It's not Braveheart so, mate. you know, not, uh, just just hang up your camera now yeah. and stop yep. bothering. Um, so I I, you know, for me, I I would say that that's kind of appropriately rated. Okay. Did you look at any of the reviews? Um, the, I think I did, but there wasn't anything. It, it's one of those. I think it pretty much covered what we'd said. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't think you're completely off the mark. I think we're sort of, I think we're in the same ballpark. But I mean, look, I, I picked this because I think it's underseen. And according to the box office figures I've got, it made six and a half million dollars. I think that's US dollars worldwide. I mean, with a cast like this and a figure like Ned Kelly, is that underseen for you? That's that's not very much money. No, in the in the kind of grand scheme of cinema, really. Exactly. That's, really, it, I, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if that's not if that didn't make its budget back. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. what are we say we're seeing underseen. I would say definitely underseen, but you can and you can say it's underrated, and that's fine, and we'll go with that. So I'm saying, there we go. Then I'm saying underrated. I picked it because it's underseen, <laughs> and you agree. So there we go. There we go. Uh, so there we go. Uh, another underseen one added to the underseen pile. Uh, I think it's fair to say, Alice. It is your turn to pick. What are you? picking for next week oh josh are you ready to get musical oh christ (laughs) hold on to your hats you're gonna love it we are gonna be watching grease 2 oh fucking hell i I reckon you're gonna love it is that a joke it's absolutely (laughs) not a joke we will be watching the grease sequel starring michelle pfeiffer and be, I'm very looking forward to it. They're going to be a pair of cool riders. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> See, you know, you know the words. So, well, yeah. So in that case, join us next week, if you dare, um, <laughs> for us to watch Grease 2. If you want to subject yourself to it in the meantime, if you want to watch it, then I'm sure you can get all of it somewhere. Um, I'm, sure not, <laughs> I'm sure they've not buried the last copy. No, I digress. I digress. I'm looking forward to talking about it with you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, um, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. We're even on TikTok. Because um, mm. we're down with the kids. Check just us fi- out. Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> just films and that pod um, on all the social medias. Search for us and we're there. Um, Please do make sure you subscribe because um, then the episodes will just appear in your feed. And if you get a little minute and you could give us a little five-star rating on the iTunes Apple Podcast Store, that would be very much appreciated. Alice Oliver, thanks for joining me as ever. Thank you so much, Josh. Pleasure as always. And it's goodbye from me. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.